guys know that our free monthly online performing arts magazine is now available to download. All you need to do is head to pmag.co.uk or you can follow the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag. Don't forget, if you love these episodes, please head to iTunes to leave us a review. All reviews help us get noticed by more performers and help get more free information and industry insight out there to help as many people as we can. A huge thank you for your support and without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Will Middleton, who is an actor, and I'm so pleased to have him on the show. Thank you so much for giving up your time to be here. Oh, you're very welcome. It's great to be here. And on your birthday as well. So a massive thank you (laughs) from (laughs) all of us. And we hope you all have a wonderful day. Um, So first of all, I would like to ask if you can tell the listeners at home a little bit about who you are and what you get up to. Yeah. Sure. Who I am. So I work as a professional actor um, and I live somewhere near London, quite near London. And um, I got into acting quite late in my life, comparatively, which I I guess we're going to come on to. Um, And before that, I worked in various things. I was a journalist for a while um, and I worked in business for a while as well. So I've got a quite a lot of quite a past you know um but um but these days i'm i'm plying my trade on stage on screen um etc um and yeah um so that's a bit of background on who i am and what i've done amazing and um for all the listeners at home You've got a wide array of credits and some of them were absolutely fantastic when I was looking at them. Are there any highlights for you that stand out and when people ask you, what's your favourite job you've done? Is there anything that sticks out or springs to mind? Oh, well, that is a difficult question to answer because uh, I I really get to know my characters. I mean, that's sort of part of the job of acting is to really get underneath the skin of the the person you're you're playing the story you're telling and um so i became very close in some instances to the character that i was playing and and um so a little bit of them sort of stays with you for a while um so there's been many um that that i've really enjoyed um getting involved with i think that there is an element of like um the most recent piece of work is probably the freshest in your body and in your mind. So um, up until very recently, a, a week or two ago, I was playing um, Friar Lawrence in R4J, which is a version of Romeo and Juliet. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience and the process. Um, it's an incredible character. It's a character that we needed to really get to grips with in the sense that there are many ways that you can interpret Friar Lawrence, um, particularly that we were doing a modern version of, of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Um, if I can just explain uh, the production and its purpose. So basically R4J, as it is called, um, as, as the play, um, was um, staged um, as part of an overall national campaign 
to raise awareness of knife crime and gang culture. And we were lucky enough to perform in many venues, but we performed our sort of uh, our biggest shows in front of an art installation uh, called Knife Angel. And um, Knife Angel is, is an incredible uh, visual experience. It's currently touring around the country, and for a month it was in Chelmsford, but it's going on to another city. Um, it's going to be going to London at some point in one of the parks. And it's 27 feet high, and it is um, made of real weapons that were used in incidents of knife crime that have been confiscated by police or um, handed in um, through amnesty. And so it's been, these blades have been, have been forged to create a 27-foot figure of an angel. Um, and on some of those blades actually are the, the knives, uh, of the, the names of the, some of the victims of knife crime. So it's a very moving um, uh, visual reminder about that issue. And so obviously Romeo and Juliet is the story of two houses and their ongoing feud. Um, so it, it sort of dovetailed, fitted perfectly with raising awareness um, of, of knife crime and gang culture and that agenda. So we were lucky enough to be funded by Arts Council England and Chelmsford City Council to put on Romeo and Juliet in that, on, in that setting. Uh, we also performed it in various schools so that we could bring the story um, and, and the excitement of the piece, but also, more importantly, the message to young people. Um, so we, we toured around various schools in the day and we performed to the public at large at night. And so it was, a, it was quite a big schedule. You know, we were doing two a day, most days. Um, but I, um, I thoroughly, you know, became thoroughly immersed in, in, in Fry Lawrence. Um, and I had, um, I had the, from the, the director gave me my head to basically create a completely new backstory for him because we were setting it in modern day. So the, some of the terms of reference really were different to um, to maybe some more traditional productions. So I created a whole new life story of the man and how he got to be in the position that he was in, which was a go-between between, between principally Romeo and Juliet, but the two houses as well. Um, and, you know, he's an important character that drives the story forward. Um, and I, I just found... A, a privilege to be in such an important piece of work but being done in such an important way um but a privilege just to sort of get to know that man the man that that was created originally by Shakespeare but but brought to modern day by the director Mike Dodsworth um with me uh and I will remember that particular production forever there is talk that we're going to be taking it on tour in the spring but that's not confirmed yet I mean that may or may not happen but it was so successful as a production um, and as a message you know mm. um, that it was re really really busy you know in the public performances um, and so um, so yeah it could be that we, we, we continue the journey with that one and I get to I get to become Fry Lawrence once more. So 
I would say that one is the one that sticks out in my mind. Maybe it is because it's, they say, about the most recent piece of work, but um, that was a, an enthralling experience to, to be involved with. That's absolutely incredible. And I love when the art really hits in a social way as well. Um, yeah, why do we do this? We do this for mm. a couple of... We do this because we have something to say often. You know, we, we have a, a message that we want people to interpret. You know, um, we have something we want to say about the world or about um, a particular section of the world or about an incident that's happened in the world or about, um, you know, uh, many, many social comments that we're going to make through art. We also do it because we want to provide escapism and entertainment, of course, as well. Um, so there are, you know, there are various reasons that we do this in the first place. But one of the one of them is to is 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 to get people to to maybe think about something in a way that they didn't before they came along, you know, to the performance. So that I find a very rewarding part of, of my work, you know. Um, but I equally enjoy a pure, sheer entertainment as well, which is, you know, which is something different. So because, um, you know, you are taking people to places that they weren't in before they arrived at the theatre. So, um yeah, but 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 I, I I agree with you. When 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 art serves its purpose to tell to tell some to, to share something with the audience in this way, I think it's extremely rewarding. Absolutely, that's absolutely incredible. So, Will, I would love for you to tell people a bit about your personal journey and where and when it kind of started for you. Uh, with regards to acting. Yes. Yeah. So, well, um, I. My first experience of an audience, I, th I think I was about seven years old and I was on a, a ferry somewhere, a QE2, not QE2, what, what do you call it? I, I can't remember what they're called now. Sort of a Stena line type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, P&O, not QE2. <laughs> it's a big difference in, uh, in, in those. But I was on a P&O ferry somewhere in the English Channel um when I was about seven with my family my, my grandparents my parents and my sister and there was a some sort of entertainment thing going on some sort of show there's some sort of auditorium on it and uh from so we were, we were watching that and then before I knew it I was on stage uh, I don't know how this happened I think it was I think it was the compare was was sort of um you know asking for audience participation you know anybody in the audience want to come up and join me sort of thing and either somebody stuck my hand up or I did and uh, <laughs> uh, I ended up on the stage and I was um bef before I knew it I was reciting or repeating not reciting repeating from him words from Julius Caesar it was all friends Romans and countrymen let me your ears and um and uh I do remember this because my granddad, every time we got together, reminded me of it for years. He said, friends, the, the compere said, friends, Romans and countrymen, lend me your ears. And I said, and I looked at him like, what do I do next? And he said, out with it. And I said, rather than the friends, Romans and countrymen, I just said, out with it, back. That was my response. So mm. that was the first line. But anyway, I went on to actually play Rome Julius Caesar about 30 years later, uh, which was an interesting 
interesting, um, uh, yeah, kind of complete circle there. But that was my initial kind of um, experience in front of an audience. And then I did do some things at school and I did like GCSE drama um, at school. I did pretty well in that. And then when I was um, 16, because my older sister has always been into performing arts and she went on to do some dancing professionally and stuff. And um, when I was 16, she wanted to go to an audition, but she wanted some company. It was for a local community theatre um, pantomime. And I said I'd go along with her uh, just, to, just to keep her company. And then I don't know how. I th I, actually, I do know how. It got to the point where they said, the lady that was directing, I think her name was Betty. And it got to the point where Betty said, would anybody else like to audition? And my sister, st Fiona, stuck my hand up. Like, I'd hadn't really done any anything outside of school you know etc etc but she stuck my hand up um and then the peer pressure kicked in and they were all going go on go on give it a go sort of thing before i knew it, i was auditioning and i got cast in this pantomime um so i did i did you know i went through the rehearsals and and did the performances i think we did three or four performances in the local hall um that was it you know, that that was the kind of, well, they say they got the bug or whatever, but I don't know. I just, I got an awful amount out of that. I think that actually it's not just the, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't just the, um, the experience of being on stage. It was much more than that. I was quite a, I was quite a kind of like um, introverted teenager, you know, I, I wasn't, a very social kid, you know, um, that didn't come naturally to me. So um, this kind of suddenly introduced me to all sorts of people of all different age groups, you know, and I was for the first time interacting with, with much older people and younger people and getting to know them and stuff like that. So actually, in terms of social development, it was a big deal, probably at that point, a bigger deal than the actual performance side of it, you know. It really helped me develop as a young person and grow some confidence, um, and that kind of continued really. So that was that was that was um, the next big step in my journey, um, and I continued with the community stuff, the Amdram, you know, and I went on to um, uh, to get lots of sort of lead roles in performances for many years. And I did all sorts of things, musical theatre and um straight plays i did shakespeare some shakespeare i did some some contemporary comedies and stuff contemporary dramas and lots of musicals um and um uh yeah that that was the kind of the next part of my journey until i got to about three years ago um bearing in mind that what i'm what I've just described to you is actually a huge part of my life. You know, the performances and the stage work in, lo in local theatre was a big part of my life. It was um, a driving force. It was a thing that made me exceptionally happy. It was a thing that allowed me to be creative. Um, and as I said already, it was the thing that I see as very important in my social development as a human being. Um, and I had in the past looked at 
doing this professionally. Uh, people have said to me that you should consider it. But I never, but those points in my life, a good few years ago, I never felt I had the self-confidence or quite believed in them, you know? Um, and, um, but it got to a point about three years ago where um, I was starting to think about it again. I was starting to think about potential of doing this professionally. Um, what I didn't know was purely coincidentally, um, my wife was researching potential courses for me to do, um, to train to be a professional actor. So she was looking, I was looking, but we didn't talk about it. Um, which was, I think, extraordinary. Like, and then it just came, she caught me online looking at courses one day and she said, I've been looking for you as well. Um, and then we had this sort of kind of rather surreal conversation, you know. Anyway, but it came to a point where we, we said, well, I think you should go for it. I should think, I should think I've, I've got to do this. It's, it's, it's something that's very difficult to explain sometimes to other people without it sounding cheesy. But there's something inside you that says you have to do this. Um, it, 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 it's difficult to articulate, but there's something that burning inside you that says you've got to do this. It's not, you have to. It, it, it's what you're all about as a person. It's what, it's your... It's the it's your creative side. It's your passion. It's your um, it it's what brings you the most happiness or satisfaction in life. Um, and so um, I did, uh, and I applied and got into Rose Bruford College of Theatre and Performance in London, and did my training. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. So obviously, completed that training. And I've since been lucky enough to do a good, good, um, a good set of professional work. That's incredible, and I feel like what you were saying about like this, you know, this need and this calling that you have is so funny because earlier you were talking about your um, your recent production and the social change. You know, it sounds like you were very much intended for that role. And there will have been people that will have come and watched you and been inspired by the work you've done, um, whether it to be part of performing arts or whether it just because of the social impact that that piece would have had. But it was like you were meant to be there and do that thing and provide that um, piece of art and you were the artist. And I think you saying that, you know, it comes from within, it absolutely does, but it sometimes feels that, and again, without trying to sound cheesy, it's like this bigger picture, isn't it? This calling of what you feel you do. It is. Whatever medium we, and we all have some, we all have a story to tell within us. And whatever our chosen medium, however we are able to do that, you know, whether that's through, through art or through um, some sort of charity work or social, you know, uh, some sort of social service that you, you can carry out on behalf of, to, to help other people. What, whatever it is, we all have something with us that we can give. Um, and um, this, is, this is mine. Yeah. Um, but we all, we all have a way to contribute to make, make the world better. And, 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 you know, the, 
this is what I, you know, this is, this is, this is how I feel. Yeah, that's um, incredible. I love that. And I'm, since I've become into the industry, I've never believed in, believed in everything happens for a reason more than I do now. It's like, if you don't get a certain part, you don't get a certain role, it's because there's something else that you need to do. I, I, uh, I 100% agree with you. There is a reason why in that particular moment, you're the right person on that day, or you're not quite the right person on that day, but you'll be the right person on another day for another thing. And it, things have a, have a way of sorting themselves out and falling into place. And that's really important as an actor because it is notoriously precarious, you know. You, you don't, you don't, it's not steady, you know, you don't have your next year planned out very often unless you're sort of, you know, in work, operating in the A-League, you know, in movies or your Dame Judy Dench or something. You don't have the next, you know, year planned out. So you have to have faith in yourself and what you're trying to say and what you have to offer. And, um, yeah, um, you, you've got to stick with it and you've got to believe that you, um, what's meant to be will be. And that's for a reason. Um, and I, I wholly agree with you and I, I strongly believe in that. Mm. Um, yeah, I never used to believe in it as much as I do now. And the first couple of rejections I had... I was I was okay but then I had a contract release so I got confirmed for something and then a job didn't happen and that like devastated me but then since looking at it everything really did work out for the best and the next step was the step I needed to gain where I am now so yeah. if that hadn't of happened course, what exactly and and of course what has to go alongside that is tremendous hard work um, if you keep working very hard, not just on making submissions to, for jobs, but on yourself, on your, your technique and on your instrument as an actor, if you keep yourself, you know, fit as it were, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing speech marks, but if, if you, if you do, if you keep yourself, keep your, keep yourself really in tune, work hard on your, your, your own instrument, you know, your voice, your, your mind. And your body, um, and you you really work hard at and building your your profile as an actor as well, and doing extra little things that that are going to help you. Um, if you keep that up, you will succeed. Um, but you've got to do that at the same time as keeping the faith, which is the thing we were just talking about. And that's the that's one of the challenges, isn't it? It's it's keep on it's being able to tell yourself that you are going to do the right things for the right reasons and you are going to get the opportunities at the same time uh, taking the taking taking the rejections and continuing to work hard and sticking with it and keeping your passion burning absolutely i love that and um i want to ask specific to you obviously you said you trained quite late on and it, it was just the thing that kind of came out later for you to pursue it professionally so what would you say the barriers are and then some of the positives as well some of the things that you feel have benefited you by doing it this way yeah the main barriers are 
and these come up in your mind very quickly. Um, money. You know, if you're if you're in your, we're talking about people that maybe you know clack, traditionally people would the big number. You know, the, the big proportion of people would enter the profession in their early twenties. You know, you might you might go on to do further education and then apply to drama school and be 21 by the time you're finished. That's the kind of like standard, maybe 22, 23, 24, because you haven't quite got into the drama school at that point, et cetera, et cetera. So we're talking about early 20s being the kind of traditional um, entry point into the industry. But there are many people that, there are some people that do enter the industry later. And I know that for a fact, there are many people that think about it. They think about it because they have the same passion that we've talked about burning inside them, the same calling or the same something they want to say to the world. Um, but they question whether they can do it because they're older. Um, I say emphatically, as long as you do the right things, the answer to that is yes. You can do it when you're older. You can be in your late 20s, you can be in your 30s, you can be in your 40s, you can be older than that. The barriers two main barriers um money is the first one and the second one is self-confidence i think but i think they're the two hurdles that you need to tackle get over early on you know um in terms of money <coughs> there are a few things that you can do but what i did i have i have a i have a mortgage you know i have a um i have a home that i pay pay a mortgage for so that's the that was a big thing um i i was obviously not obviously but i i was in work i was in you know in gainful employment um and um so i had to think about how that might be impacted you know if i'm suddenly a student again or spending most of my time training or some of my time training or whatever it may be um so you know you have to consider that side of things and that is a big thing particularly if you have been in what you might call regular work you know not not the arts industry um for a long time you're used to a regular income you're used to the you know the treats and the, the lifestyle that you you enjoy and the meals out and the trips to this and the holidays to those places and whatever and you're used to that you suddenly got to say, well, that's not necessarily going to be, all those things aren't necessarily going to be like available as much as they were, um, or they may have to be put on hold for a bit or whatever. So it's like, um, there's, there's the whole money side of it. Now, the way that I, um, approached this was that I searched far and wide across and did a lot of research into the various courses that were suitable for me. I made a decision that um, I couldn't go on to a three-year course because of my age. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that isn't an option for some older people, but it, I felt that it wasn't for me because I couldn't wait three years to uh, become an actor and I couldn't... Um, probably make the money work over three years you know i couldn't probably make that all tie up uh, if i was a student for three years um so i looked at other options and 
um, you can, you know, master's courses, one year courses are open to, uh, to older people to apply for. You don't necessarily need the bachelors to get into the masters. Um, they will accept you on life experience in some cases. So if you, if you turn up to the audition, go through the application process with other valuable experiences that you can bring to the table, then they'll take that in lieu of a, of, of, of a full degree. Um, so uh, that, that's a potential option. But I found a course which was part-time. Um, now, there weren't many of these courses around, um, but they are starting to become more prevalent now because I think that they've realised, you know, the drama schools have realised that there's a, a demand for this, a demand for people kind of training alongside um, continuing to earn some money. So I, I went into a part-time course at Rose Bruford uh, and I continued to do uh, some of the work that I was doing from before, um, paid work, which was non-acting work, which I was doing from before, which I, I work from home. So that was perfect, perfect fit for me. Um, and um, so I did that course and I continued to earn some money. Um, and that was the sort of the way that I kind of made the thing work. Now, that, that was perfect for me. Um, and I'm really just encouraging people that are older to think, well, there is a if you think long and hard and you speak to those that are closest to you um, and you you get their support that's so important you've got to you, you really need to try and um explain to them why this is so important to you you know and people that people that care about you i'm sure will get on board and give you that support and believe in you and be flexible um and um um, be there when you need them to, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, so, <clears throat> you know, if you get the, get the support, if, if you can, of those closest to you, you'll find a way of making it. You'll find a way of, if you really want it, you'll find a way of making this work. And on a part-time basis, it is easier. It's much easier. And there are courses, I know at Rose Bruford, I think um, Guildford uh, School of Acting do one pretty sure central do one central school of speech and drama off the top of my head i'm not sure about rada but if you looked across um the most well-known drama schools you'll see that a good number of them are now offering part-time options um i supplemented my part-time college time with um going to see tutors as well teachers um, I did one-to-one -one work as well. So I, I actually close to putting a full-time schedule, a long training schedule alongside my work. Um, so I really went for it. It might be that um, some people can't quite do that, but they can do a certain amount of extra training because part-time, obviously, you're not getting quite the contact time that you would do if you were in a full tra training course because you're there every day, all day. So you have to think about that side of it a bit, but there are some brilliant, um, brilliant uh, teachers and coaches out there that can teach you disciplines such as voice, such as movement, um, text work, uh, practitioners, you know, your Stanislavskis and your Uta Hagens and your um, Michael Chekhovs, Lee Strasberg, if you're into method, 
etc etc uh and there's some there's some great teachers out there that can do do that with you and i did a lot of it online um the pandemic was obviously right in the part, part of my training as well it kicked in about halfway through um and um so we went online and that worked just fine from a lot of it um and um i continued to do my course obviously and get all of the learning and the teaching and the wisdom and the experience and got involved in many productions at rose Bruford as well so that's how i did it as an older as a mature student um so there are so many options now um to make the kind of money side of it work in terms of self-confidence you've really got to sit down and ask yourself some serious questions what happens if you didn't do this in 10 years Where, how would you feel you know um how important is it to you it's almost like sitting down and you're doing a bit of a can't think of a better word doing a bit of an audit of your life you know um um and going back to some of the things we we're talking about near the beginning of the interview you know what makes you tick um and what are your passions um etc etc you know um so ask yourself some serious questions speak to somebody that's very close to you a partner or a really close friend or a parent or you know member of family and, and stuff and have a very honest open conversation but you, you should believe in yourself and you should believe in yourself because there are great opportunities out there for older actors you know um and i i, I was lucky enough to go straight from rose bruford into i did a, a good number of paid jobs before while I was still training actually um shorter jobs you know day of work here day of work there etc etc um but then I was lucky enough to go straight from Rose Bruford into Romeo and Juliet I mean literally straight so I um in my first week of rehearsal for Romeo and Juliet I did my end of course showcase in the same week at Rose Bruford <laughs> it was a bit of a week um but yeah um so um but you you um you, you can do it and there are great opportunities out there for older actors because um we have a lot of life experience we have a lot that we can bring to a character you know um i mean do you want me to talk about the opportunities Absolutely. I mean, uh, for me as a as a graduate, um, and obviously I'm like quite a um, a baby in terms of where my career is kind of at at the moment. Um, you know, I'm still fresh in the industry, very very new to everything. Um, I look at more mature actors, and I think one of the things that I don't feel threatened by, but know is their strength, and know that they've got you know, many barriers, but one thing that they have as a pure asset is the amount of life experience and the relatability that they can bring to characters because they've known more people, they've had years of different experience going through different things that I've not gone through. Like, I can't pretend to be a mother. I have no idea what 
that kind of would consist of um being like a parental figure or you know those kind of things going through a really difficult separation like a divorce or things like that so for me I can't relate to as many characters as potentially people with more life experience have and I think that's a real asset yeah it's a it, it, it's a huge asset um I the great Tony James who is um program director of the course that I did at Rose Bruford he described life experiences as gold an actor you know um all the things that you've been through they're all there for you they're all things that you can tap into when you need to as an actor um and it really is you know it really is um a huge asset within this job so that shouldn't be underestimated you know as an older person you've got a lot stories to tell through the characters that you play um and you 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 have that already you haven't got to do anything <laughs> it's happened to you in your life a lot of things have happened to you in your life and so know that if you make a decision the big decision that you want to train to be a professional actor know that you've got that on your side and that you know, casting directors, directors, producers and things are going to want to know about this. They're going to want to see it in your performances. They're going to want to... And and so you really have got that going for you. I, I would add to that that, of course, the other experience that you, you've got um, might, might have, probably have, in some way or shape or form, is experience of work generally you know you um i mean acting is a business and you have to market yourself you have to be good at it you have to get good at it you know you're probably not necessarily a master at the start but you have to you have to learn how to get good at it quickly and if you've got a good few years under your belt um of of, of working within the you know the, the world of business maybe you've worked Maybe you've run a shop or maybe you've ran your own business in some industry or other sector or other, an agency or whatever you've done. Maybe you've done the accounts for someone. Maybe all these things are going to stand you in really good stead. Whatever work experience you've got from the past, you can bring into it because it is a business alongside being an art. Two things sit alongside each other and that is going to be very helpful to you, you know, um, part of the course at Rose Bruford, we had a whole section on acting in business. So, you know, we were um, um, taught about accountants and about being self-employed and about <clears throat> CVs and about um, uh, uh, how to conduct yourself in certain environments um, and, and all sorts of things that related to, you know, they were basically business skills. I knew most of it, you know. So that bit, if I was able to contribute, I was able to add to the conversation, well, and there's this and there's this and there's this that I thought of, you know, and put into the into the hat. So, you've, you know, if you're an older act, if you're an older person looking to become an actor and training, uh, wanting to train, thinking about it, then you've got all that on your side as well. 
that should never be thought underestimated. It can't be wasted if you, if you, you know, it's it's all it's all there to help you and will help you. So um, I would definitely say that that's that's a big one. Yeah. Um, as well. All the so, skills are transferable and. You said, obviously, you had a section of that at Rose Bruford. We, when I was at performing arts school, um, I did my three-year course and we didn't have any business talk about how we are a business and how we conduct ourselves as a business and accountants and tax. We didn't get taught any of that. So when we graduated, that was something that I felt like we really missed out on. And there must be other vocational schools as well where people come out of universities or schools and they don't have that element so I think the the quicker you can learn that kind of stuff and if you've already got it that's amazing because it is such a huge part of the business that people often neglect and forget about but we are a business yeah I take for granted now at this stage of my life you know creating an invoice I've, I've, I've I've created hundreds of invoices in my life you know um but if you if, if, if you get an acting job and you're asked to invoice for it and you've never done an invoice in your life, then suddenly that's something you've got to try and get, you know, that's just a very simple example. But um, so all these skills, yeah, as you, as you say, valuable. I, I, another thing about, another benefit to being a bit older, perhaps, um, is that, I mean, it, it's, 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 I think it's an accepted fact that, um, <clears throat> with so many people completing their training or not training and just going straight in, as as some people do to the industry, um, there's a huge number of people that are sort of entering the industry in their early twenties. I won't for one second say that's wrong. In in little bits of me say, oh, I wish I had done this when I was in my early twenties. Now. But there's, there's no point in me thinking about that. But I, w- I would never put anyone off for a second if they have the passion to do it when they were in their early 20s. But but there's a huge number of people competing for a much smaller world. number of jobs in their early 20s. And, I mean, that's, that, that, that's, that's a fact. Um, and um, obviously, they don't all... Not everybody can get that work. So over the course of time, very sadly, some people, um, you know, to, to, to earn money or um, whatever, they, they they move out of the industry, they leave the industry. Um, or maybe they decided that it wasn't quite what they thought it was going to be. Um, or they're just not getting enough work to make to make a living enough, you know, to, 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 um, to live the way they want to live. Or... Um, they start a family and they that takes all their time whatever there are many reasons but people do drop out of the industry that have joined in their um, early 20s um so by the time you get to late 30s 40s 50s i this is my opinion you know there there are um there are less people competing so just on a proportionate basis you've got a greater chance of getting that particular job because <laughs> there are less people going for it. Now, I'm not saying it's not hugely competitive because it's still competitive. You still, you know, you still have to really work hard to get the jobs. 
I'm just saying that it's on your side, um, sort of um, numerically, if you're 30, 30s, 40s, 50s, even older than that, um, it's on your side more than if you're a younger person as well. So you've got that to consider as well as a, as a potential benefit of being an older actor. Um, and and that's, that's seriously considering getting involved in the industry. Um, so there are a whole load of reasons why it's great to be an older actor. And I just urge people not to be put off by that self-confidence thing that I talked about, because um, if you really do believe this is for you and you have the passion, I really urge people to go for it and not be frightened by the, um, frightened by the kind of like the general um, perception that you can't, you know, that, it, that it's an impossible dream. You mm. can, you can earn a living if you work hard, um, and that shouldn't be underestimated either. You've got to work extremely hard <laughs> on, as I've already said, on your yourself with your training and keep up your training regimes. Tr work on yourself every single day, physically, your mind, your voice, your body. Work on those extremely hard and keep it up for your life, your whole life. Because as an American acting coach that I trained under said, uh, Joe Kelly, your instrument is everything. And your instrument being, as I say, your mind, your body and your, your voice. Um, it's, it's all you have, really. You know, your mind is your imagination, your experiences. Your body is, is, is how you communicate and your voice is how you communicate. And it's really all we have. Um, so you've got to keep them extremely fit, in, in a sense, you know, um, and think of it like you're an athlete. If you, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a professional runner, you train, you go out, you, you, you keep, you keep your, you know, you eat the right things, you put the miles in, you, um, you know, you, you look after yourself in other ways. Um, so use the right equipment, you know, whatever. Um, and it's the same, you should I think you should think the same as an actor. You've got to keep your your instrument fit and tuned in and, and ready to work. Mm. So that means doing that in your own time at home every day as part of your daily routine, you know. That's the sort of hard work I'm talking about alongside applying for jobs. Get in an agent and once you've got the agent, liaison with your agent, um, and um, keeping that relationship, you know, healthy and going really well. Um, alongside having a life that isn't acting, so um, you know you've got to keep all those things, keep all those things going, and you can do it. Yeah, and I think it's so important as well. Like, obviously, we talk about training and it doesn't just mean getting to acting class. That is a huge part of it. But it's not just about practicing the self-tapes and things. It's about reading and keeping yourself fit and making sure that you have the right kind of rest and channeling yourself in other ways intellectually, socially, mentally, physically as well. Because not only is it what you use for your acting, it's essentially your income. And if you don't look after it, not only is that what you love not working, it will be your income that goes with it. Because if you don't yeah, have you your tool, it. it's gone. Professionalism, 
and um, the acting, the work doesn't start when you turn up to a rehearsal or an audition. The work's always going on at home. Um, and you're watching other actors. You're going to the theatre, you're watching TV, you're watching film, you're, you're keeping on top of what's happening out there and what's changing. Um, you're looking at other art forms to give you some inspiration perhaps or, or ideas or whatever. Um, and yeah, as, as we say, you know, you're, you're, um, you're keeping up the work on yourself so important cool thank you so much and i would love um to ask you because i ask every single person this who comes on the show um what would your advice be for any aspiring performers that are listening to the show um yeah i i think i sort of at the risk of repeating myself i mean i i think that if you're thinking of training I would ask you to, if you're thinking of training and you, you've got some reservations, um, I would ask you to sort of sort of search deep inside your soul, you know. Um, if you think that you've got, you, 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 if, you, if you come up with the conclusion that you, you must be an actor and you've got something that you want to say to the world and you, you love working within a team, um, then don't let the barriers that we talked about, the time, sorry, the money and the uh, 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 and the self-confidence get in the way. There are ways of dealing with those things. There are ways of, of, of making it all work, bringing it all together. So they're irrelevant, basically. Um, they, but you can make them irrelevant. Um, for people that are thinking of enter, entering the industry, so um, maybe you've done your training and you want to enter the industry, just work hard it's the first thing i'd say i think we've said many times now but be patient i mean you know i don't like the word star very much i i know it's a popular word but it's not really what i look towards but stars aren't sort of made overnight you know the people that we see that are big stars or let's put it another way the people that are getting really big jobs in acting um, and are queuing up a year's work in advance or whatever. Um, it didn't just happen. Or the, 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 you might get the odd exception where they've gone straight out of drama school, landed the top agent in the country and landed on, you know, great telly show, which actually I saw the other day. Um, I, have you seen Ridley Road? I haven't. I haven't seen it I'd yet. I'd recommend that. Okay. Really inspiring piece of work. Great cast, great acting. Uh, BBC, uh, four parts. It's on iPlay for catch-up. Um, there's a young woman on that who has just uh, just just graduated um, and landed one of the one of the well, I think one of the Legion agents in the country. And she was the lead in that. It's her first job after drama school. Nice. So she's her first job after drama school is, you know, is lead role in a BBC drama, prime time. For that, you know, I picked it out. Actually, I wanted to mention it because it's a really good show. So I'll just recommend it. Ridley Road. Anyway, um, um, and 
but you know, this is exceptionally rare. You've got to be patient and you've got to, you've got to think about what we talked about earlier with the, um, you know, with the ways that you think about things happening for a reason and you manage rejection and you keep the faith and you work hard again. Um, and, um, so it doesn't, it's not just all going to be put thrown at thrown at you, you know, but when things come along, this is so rewarding. You know, so I've worked so hard that I deserve that. Um, I deserved getting that job or I deserved getting that audition or I deserved getting that recall, um, for the job, or I deserved getting that recognition in some way from whatever it may be. Um, so work hard and be patient because it does take a certain amount of patience. Um, one of the things that obviously is, is, is important is that the way the industry works is that when you arrive in the industry, you're new and you've got, you've got maybe a spotlight profile and you've got an agent now, say, let's say you've got to that point of the industry and that, that shouldn't be underestimated, but let's say you've got to that point, then you're not suddenly, um, that's it, you're sorted. It's going to take time for the casting directors to get to know you because the casting directors are obviously looking for the right sort of talent for the role, but they're also looking for people that they trust in the job. You know, people they know that are doing it will do all the right things. Um, they'll be there on time. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be take direction well. Um, they'll be a good team player with the other cast members. They'll be this, that, and the other. So it takes time for the casting directors and it takes probably a few rejections maybe for the casting directors to have seen your work and get to know you and get to trust you and get to say, yeah, I like that, 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 I like that dude. Um, let's go for them this time. And that takes a bit of time. So it doesn't just happen. It's, it's an industry like any other and networking is so important as well. We haven't even talked about networking, but networking is really important as well as, you know, getting out there and meeting people, which we can now do in person, which is handy, um, but on social media as well, using all of those things, in-person networking, Instagram, um, Facebook's good. You know, there's a really big community on Facebook for actors in the UK. Actors UK, it's called. <laughs> so you can make a note of that. But um, uh, And Twitter is very busy with casting calls. Um, and it's a great place for actors to support one, other, one another Twitter as well. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of shared love and appreciation and respect for each other on on Twitter, which you wouldn't say about a lot of a lot of cases on Twitter, would you? But in the acting world, it's a good place for getting getting some peer support. Um, <clears throat> so networking is so important. But yeah, uh, you, you that's 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 the thing with the casting director. So you have got to work on getting your name known, and then you can start to gradually get the slightly bigger job and they get the bigger job and get the slightly bigger job. And that, that's the journey really. So be patient, work hard and be patient. Um, and, um, don't be put off by rejection because it's not personal. It would just be that on that particular day, you weren't quite what they were looking for, but you could be next time, you know? So don't be put by, put off by rejection. I think the main things I can think about in terms of, of um, advice, but really, just to summarise, if you're an older person, I would really urge you to, um, uh, to, to, to to go for it. If you're unsure, you know, 
just if, if the thing that's holding you back is is that it doesn't seem like it can be you it doesn't seem like acting is something that something that i can do but surely that's for other people acting you know that's 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 that's, a, that's just a pipe dream well it can be you if you're prepared to do all the right things i think that's probably my yeah that's amazing. And um, Will, just in case anyone wants to come and find you and see what you're about, um, I will put your social links in the show notes, but do you have anywhere that you would like them to go? Do you have an Instagram that they could follow and a Twitter? I do. I have all of the main social media. Um, I'm, on, I'm on all the main social media platforms. So uh, at... So my, my full name, as you said at the start, is Will, Will Middleton. Um, and my handles for Twitter and Instagram are both at Will Mids, M-I-D-Z. So Will, W-I-L-L, Mids, M-I-D-Z, all together. Um, so that's my Instagram, at Will Mids, and my Twitter, at Will Mids. Um, my Facebook, I would probably suggest just popping on Facebook and searching for Will Middleton and then put actor in. And it will find me straight away, I'm sure. Um, so I'm on there. Um, for anyone within the industry, I'm on Spotlight. Um, so um, I um, I don't know if there's a way of getting my link out, but but yeah. anyway, I'll be able to get it in the show notes for people to yeah, check out great. what you've done. Yeah. So if you look at the show notes, um, you'll see my my Spotlight profile, which has got more much more detail about the work that I've done and other things whether I can horse ride or not. Because <laughs> yeah. there goes on every actor's CV, right? Um, yeah. But um, that sort of thing, you know. Um, so uh, they're the main ways of, of um, reaching me, if anyone wants to. Super. So, guys, if you are unsure, please look at the show notes and they'll all the links that we've talked about will be in there for you guys to go and click on and have a look into Will and see what more he gets up to. Um, but I just want to take this time and say a massive, massive thank you for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and experience and your advice with us because it really is appreciated. Oh, you're so welcome, Bethany. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Since recording this episode, I'm delighted to announce that Will has gone on to be cast in the UK tour of A Christmas Carol. He'll be playing the iconic role of Bob Cratchit with Chapter House Theatre Company. You can head to the link in our show notes to find a UK venue near you where he will be performing. Without further ado, I'm very excited to be finishing this episode with Will performing a monologue of the part of Friar Lawrence from his recent production, Romeo and Juliet. Enjoy. I do spy a kind of hope which craves as desperate an execution as that is desperate which we would prevent. If, rather than to marry County Paris, thou hast the strength of will to slay thyself, then it is likely thou wilt undertake a thing like death to chide away the shame. No warmth, no breath, shall testify thou livest. And each part deprived of supple government shall stiff and stark and cold appear like death. And when the morning when the bridegroom comes to rouse thee from thy bed, there art thou dead. <laughs>